Say hi. Hi. And say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And wait, wait, go back and say, I'm Theo. I'm Theo. And say, this is Nick Flick's podcast. Nick Flick's podcast. Good job. Good job. Nick Flick's What's in the Queue. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Nick Flick's podcast. I am your host, Nick, and today's guest, while it's his first time on my podcast, uh, I have uh, done a few podcasts with him on his, so if everyone uh, could welcome MJ Smith, the host of the Best Jaws podcast, there is. Uh, MJ, welcome, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, by the way, very glad you guys are back up and running. Uh, it is, it is one of those podcasts where I'm like, now that they're done with jaws, I hope they just keep doing stuff and you guys have yeah. found way cool ways to kind of keep semi jaws themes going. So definitely yeah. go check out their deep blue sea. That was a great episode. Oh, thanks. Um, that is, that is a very, <laughs> that is a very nineties movie, uh, yeah. for good ways and for some, uh, not so good, Yeah, <laughs> but very enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. No, you could. Yeah, no, that Well, I'll let you plug your podcast later, but definitely for everyone listening, go check that one out for sure. It was a really good one. Um, so uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, Shane Black, who if you don't know who he is, you have most likely seen movies he's written. Um, he's known for writing all four lethal weapons, uh, The Last Boy Scout, The Last Action Hero. The movies we're talking about today are two movies he directed, which are Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang and The Nice Guys. Um, but a, a quick little Nick Flicks nugget for uh, people who don't know. He played Hawkins in uh, the original Predator, also known as the only like non-muscular guy with glasses, yeah. which I love the Predator. But he definitely is the guy where you as soon as you see him, you're like, he is going to die. There is no way in hell yeah. he survives. <laughs> Yeah, and then eventually made a Predator movie. Yeah, which which is uh, I don't know. If, oh, really quick, do you like that Predator movie? No, I am I a Shane Black fan. Yeah, no, yeah. I I it is a total misfire of yeah. a of a it, movie. It feels like the studio got way too involved to mm-hmm. me. Like it, it doesn't even feel like it's a Shane Black movie to me. No. It feels kind of like halfway through, he was like, F this, man. Okay, if you're going to just keep getting involved, then I'm just going to make something so ridiculously stupid that because yeah. uh, it has some weird miscast characters and mm-hmm. also some really stupid deaths, uh, yeah. especially Sterling K. Brown, totally wasted in that movie and has the yeah. dumbest death I've ever seen in a Predator movie. Yeah, well, and just <laughs> bad dialogue, which is like mm-hmm. not Shane Black at all. You know, like he is known for his dialogue and the there's some dumbass lines in this movie uh, yeah no god it, it we're we're gonna get on track here but that is a movie where for a guy who's known for writing dialogue which and very specific dialogue i think mm-hmm. it's what's kind of helped him stand out um but yeah man that movie god that could have been really cool i think if he got to do it like his way and it just yeah. ended up being such a turd um yeah but let's shift focus onto two movies that are definitely not turds um are Neither were big box office successes, but I think both have kind of found a uh, almost like a well, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang kind of has more of the cult classic, I think, feel to it. Whereas the nice guys has kind of had a a revolution um, of everyone knows that movie who I've talked to and loves it. It's it's definitely a movie that I've not met really anyone who dislikes that one. Um mm-hmm. 
Well, let's start with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's because that's kind of the the first one of the two. And I just want to hear your kind of general thoughts on uh, why you like this movie. And then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite movies, actually. I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a lot. Um, It was in, I guess it would have been an introduction for me of sorts to a lot of things I didn't know about movies at the time. Cause it came out in 2005, which is like hmm. right around when I was getting into movies. Yeah. Same. Uh, and so I don't even remember how I ended up seeing it. Like, I don't remember the circumstances under which I saw it for the first time. Um, or how I even heard about it. I might've thought it was a different movie and like, I, you know what's funny? I think I'm in the same realm. I think it was, I remember I rented it from like a family video. Okay. But it was because Robert Downey Jr. was in it. And I think this was right after, I think I saw, I didn't, I didn't see it in 05. I remember mm-hmm. seeing a commercial for it and then never hearing it. It like never came mm-hmm. out by where I lived. And then I think it was in 07 was the first time I watched it because after Zodiac, and Robert Downey was mm-hmm. starting to pick up again. I was like, mm-hmm. I was looking at his IMDb and I'm like, what's this kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And like, you know, I, I'm a, I've, I grew up a big lethal weapon fan. So when right. I saw who, you know, Shane Black had wrote those movies, um, I rented this and I was like, God, this would have been great to see in a theater. Cause yeah. it is such a good movie. I feel like I actually might have, downloaded it off of one of those sites you're not supposed to download movies off of like that's that's how i f- i'm almost certain that's how i watched it for the first time um because i was a teenager so i didn't have like a lot of expendable expendable income because i didn't start working until after i graduated high school i know i watched it maybe not the year it came out but very very close to it and but i don't remember how i would have known it was a movie like i almost feel like i read about it online it just showed up in my life is i guess the (laughs) the easiest way to describe how i learned about it but just seeing it and seeing the fast-paced dialogue and then robert downey jr's performance in it and val kilmer who i had loved since i well i was still a teenager when i saw it but since my earlier teens when i had seen tombstone Mm -hmm. um so i remember really like that might have been why i watched it was because val kilmer and because I wasn't super familiar with Robert Downey Jr. at that point, because I saw it pre-Iron Man, maybe pre-Zodiac, and I had just known Robert Downey Jr. as like this lightning rod of controversy from like his, you know, his wilder days. Oh, yeah. No, he was, uh, I know like there's the studio did not want to cast him in this, but this mm-hmm. was after he was like in Ally McBeal and started mm-hmm. to kind of, I mean, he had already served as jail time in the 90s mm-hmm. and he'd been in rehab and like this was when he was like trying to rehabilitate his image mm-hmm. um but like he is so meant to read shane black's dialogue yes like like you couldn't have had a more perfect and uh and a little nugget another little nugget um the reason why shane black directed iron man 3 was all because of robert downey jr and yeah. this and his experience on this movie he like pushed for him hardcore to be mm-hmm. like I, he needs to direct this if john favreau is not doing it yeah which is yeah. cool so, yeah where do you land on iron man 3 because that is a divisive mcu yeah you know what so i enjoy like i enjoy it because there's definitely parts i i don't care for but overall mm-hmm. i still like it i i think it's it's interesting that it's the one that made the most 
out of mm-hmm. any Iron Man movie. But it also is like right at the height of when they're like phase two was really pumping into high gear. This like really was as it was starting to go up. And I mean, I enjoy it a lot. I know it's, it is super divisive. People seem to either love it or hate it. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of in between, but Mm -hmm. there's enough parts I like of that movie. And then I could see people's qualms with it too. So it's like, but I think overall I do enjoy it. I think it's a fun movie. And I think it was like as PG 13 as Shane Black could get without being able to do like Shane Black. He's more, he reminds me more of like a James Gunn where if you give him the rated R, he's like, Oh, I I could, I could really use that rating for my stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really like Iron Man three. It's uh, I might be my favorite Iron Man movie. Actually. I really, really like that movie a lot. Um, I think it has some of the coolest action scenes Mm -hmm. in there's this scene where he's only got like, is it one arm and maybe one leg? of the yeah. suit on yeah i think so because he's in like a compound and he's fighting dudes and that scene i think is rad i yeah. love that scene that's cool and i like the scene in the uh in the uh, little town where he's gotta like mm-hmm. use just his smarts because he doesn't mm-hmm. have his iron man suit so i i definitely think there's more good than bad in that movie um yeah. i really enjoy it uh but yeah it's it's just it, it's it's good to see like I'd, I'd rather let a guy like Shane Black get like a shot at a superhero movie than to just go like a and I like some of J.J. Abrams movies, but to like have him do like what he did with like Star Wars, where they're just like, well, here, play it safe for some of these movies and try to clean stuff up. Um, but yeah, so back to Kiss Kiss, uh, when you were talking about being a big Val Kilmer fan. He's yeah. another one who like he is so damn funny in this movie so and he's such a dick. But like just to Harry, uh, which is Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Uh, yeah. So really quick, we'll, we'll kind of get the synopsis of this movie is it, the thing with Shane Black is some of his movies like this and the nice guys have convoluted, I think, plots. But it doesn't bother me one bit like it doesn't have to all completely connect and make sense. Because at the yes. end, you just buy it. And I just, I, I'm like, yep, we're cool. Like, because this one's a crime noir comedy type movie. But like, yeah. you really have to pay attention to certain parts. But then you really don't because it just, the way it kind of wraps up, you're like, okay, cool. I, I'm not even going to try to summarize this movie. It's really hard to summarize yeah, this and movie without spoiling stuff. I, I think that's one of the best yeah. things about mm-hmm. uh, this and The Nice Guys is that it understands like the conventions of what noir is better than a lot of neo-noir stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like if you go back and watch Maltese Falcon or Double Indemnity or stuff, they also have really labyrinthine, like confusing mysteries at the center of them. But that's because the mystery of a noir movie is, a noir story is secondary to mm-hmm. what the characters go through. Um, and a lot of neo-noir doesn't understand. No, that's a thousand percent and great call out. The Maltese Falcons, a fantastic movie for people listening. If you've never seen that, but you're right. Cause I think people get too caught up in the, the, well, not the MacGuffin of it, but like the, okay, what's the, what is the, like the noir mystery they're trying to solve Mm -hmm. instead of what the characters do throughout. And this movie's like, okay, yeah. We, we will get you from point A to point B to point C. It might be a little confusing, but you're going to enjoy the journey so much. You're not going to give a shit that it, exactly. that it doesn't like it's not cleaned up with like a tight bow completely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this movie also uses narration in a fantastic way to basically mm-hmm. break the fourth wall constantly, but not again, not take you out of the movie, but make jokes about being a narrator in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's, do you have like a, a favorite scene of this or maybe like a back and forth that you really like? I, it's, I know it's hard. It's, it's yeah, hard to picture. I mean, there's, so there's so many. There's so many great like little jibs and jabs of dialogue in it. But by the one that always sticks with me that I is the moment where I was sold on the movie is when they're leaving the party after he gets beat up for trying to save Michelle Monaghan's character, Harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, uh, Harry, which is um, Robert Downey, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's talking to Perry, and he says uh, that gal tonight had this quality, you know, the like the girl from high school, the one that got away. Um, you know what I mean? That haunts you still. And Perry says, "Yeah, I had that." And Harry says, "Oh, you did." And Perry says, "Bobby Mills." And Harry goes, "Maybe you should try to get in touch with him. I got five bucks that says you could still get him." And Perry says, really? That's funny. I got a 10 that Pat says, pass the pepper. I got two quarters that sing harmony on Moonlight in Vermont. And Harry goes, what? And Perry goes, talking money. And (laughs) Harry says, a talking monkey? And Perry says, yeah, a talking monkey. Came from the future. Ugly sucker. Only says ficus. Yeah, it's it's dialogue like that. Yeah, and it's so like fast paced. I know I had to like deter... tell you which characters were saying stuff but the way in the movie because you can see them both like it's so bam 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 that you almost like miss it it's like a blink and you'll miss it exchange even Mm -hmm. let alone that one joke but that was the moment where i was like oh this is really 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 smart and funny and like really quick-witted and then it goes into the scene where he meets up with harmony again at the bar and they like talk about like the dude looking like uh, Native American Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a funny little, uh, like I read a little thing about that where they they had those certain jokes that they do in that scene. So they were mm-hmm. actually auditioning people just to be stand-ins. But they're like, when you find someone who looks like a Native American Joe Pesci or, or forget the some of the other ones, but that one's the yeah. best one. Um, yeah. But then one of my favorite lines that they have between Harmony and Harry is when she's pointing out the the blonde who's in who's like 40 and where she's like oh she's been fucked more times than she's had hot meals and harry's yeah. like well you know i heard they were neck and neck and then she skipped lunch <laughs> she skipped like there's yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a lot of really good quick banter and, and he's just so good at writing dialogue that is his unique style because mm-hmm. like you said you're you know like the the, the joke of like well he only says ficus like something small like that but like just they're back and forth it's like yeah. and, and Val Kilmer gets a lot of good digs on Harry yeah. in this movie or uh Robert Dowdy in this movie um where he's like <laughs> you look up the des- the <laughs> definition of the word idiot you know what you find a picture like, of me a picture of me no the definition of the word idiot which you fucking are I love like, his delivery on that yeah, line oh, so much. yeah it's so good it's because I mean, okay, so in the movie, his character's gay, and he doesn't mm. play him super flamboyant, but there are moments that he do, like his delivery on that, the way he's like, "What you fucking are," like yeah. he says it kind of where you're like, "Okay, it, that makes sense," and like, yeah, you know, where he's got his little little gun hidden by his balls, and he goes, oh, yeah. "Because they never check it on the gay guy," you know, yeah. like <laughs> when he shoots the guy through his yeah. pants, and Harry just looks at him, he's like, "You got." 
is it different down there? He's like, yeah, no, he's, I keep my, keep my gun down there. Doesn't he say, oh, I thought it might have just been like something you guys can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, they they have a lot of really good ones. Um, there's God, there's so many good quotes, but there's not really like it's really hard to find a quote where it's just from one of them. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, when Harry, one of the scenes when one of the dead bodies shows up and Harry pisses on her on accident and then Perry's like, why? the hell would you piss on a corpse? <laughs> like there's, there's oh man, they have so many good, this movie's a little bit hard to find if you don't own it. So you'd either have mm. to rent it or it's not mm. streaming anywhere, but it, right. it's one where definitely if you like, like anything Shane Black has done, like the movies I listed before, give the, definitely give this one. Cause Shane Black just writes really good, like, cop slash crime movies but mm-hmm. funny because i i think the lethal weapons remind me a lot of these two movies with yeah the back and forths you know i yeah. mean um and and i know a lot of people like uh die hard but i think my favorite cop series is the lethal weapon movies and a lot of it is because i just like the back and forths between gibson and glover and then adding joe pesci um and like Again, Shane Black has a really good way of writing specific. I I don't know if he writes speci- like specifically for with people in mind for this stuff, but like he ju- he just his dialogue's different. It's similar to like a Quentin Tarantino. You watch a Tarantino, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that's his style. I feel like Shane Black's the same way, but with his own spin on how he does his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I would say, and this is maybe a weird comparison. Uh, if you like Big Lebowski, you should check mm-hmm. it out too. Yeah, Big Lebowski is very similar in that it's well. So Big Lebowski is kind of almost exactly the same plot as The Big Sleep, um, which I did not realize until I read The Big Sleep in college, and I was like, oh my god, this is like the setup even of like the guy in the wheelchair is is Big Lebowski. And so I looked it up, and they were like, oh yeah, it's kind of like we colored in the Big Lebowski around the edges with elements of the big sleep but it's very similar in that it's sort of neo-noir it doesn't have the narration stuff but it has like these very memorable characters that stick in your mind that say a lot of words like there's a ton of words in the script of the big lebowski and a lot of really funny jokes and the mystery is completely secondary after the immediately almost like the 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 rug becomes like a total afterthought for the movie (laughs) Well, that that's another good movie where you don't need to understand the plot of Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. like because and you know that I, I not that we're going to talk a ton about the Coen Brothers, but they're similar too with like Shane Black, where they don't necessarily yeah. you don't need to understand the plot fully to like their movies, and a lot of their movies wrap on like conversations, like mm-hmm. I think of Burn After Reading. Yeah. The first time I saw that, I didn't like it, and now that I've like watched it again and become a bigger fan of the Coen brothers. I'm like, that's a really funny ending, man. That is a, where, where JK Simmons and the guy are just talking and every time JK Simmons is like, Oh my God, how could this get any worse? The guy's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. then this happened and he's like, Oh my God. And he's like, just send him to fucking prison. Like it's, it's, it's such a good, just like, okay. And the movie's done now. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, fuck it, pay it. He's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. she, asked, she asked for the surgeries. Yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck it, pay it. Yeah. That's such a yeah. good, um, and, and, you know, similar with kiss, kiss, bang, bang has, a has like two endings. It has the mm-hmm. ending of them stopping of, of Harry pulling like his little Houdini act of 
which actually that that third act like chase scene is really cool when he gets the gun it as he's hanging mm-hmm. on the bridge grabs a gun shoots the guy yeah and it's like again it's so over the top but it doesn't feel over the top because the thing about you know harry is he's just a regular well he's a thief but he's not like a action guy and a lot of right. A lot of the stuff in this movie is him just being lucky that he doesn't get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a great joke in this movie is when they're trying to uh, interrogate the one bad guy and he takes <laughs> yeah. a, a, a six shooter revolver, puts one bullet in it, spins it and is like, tell us where she is and pulls the trigger, kills the guy. And then when Val Kilmer looks at him, he's like, why did you do that? He goes, what? It was like a 10 percent chance that the bullet would be in there. And he's like, 10 percent. Who the fuck taught you math? Yeah. Yeah, well, and then, uh, because earlier in the movie, he says, uh, uh, go sleep badly, and, uh, or Perry says, go sleep badly, and Harry says, sleep bad, otherwise it makes it seem like a mechanism that allows you to sleep, and Perry says, who taught you grammar? So it's like a callback to an earlier joke, but it's way more dire this time. Yes, well, and it is a great shocking when he put, you know, puts oh, yeah. the gun to the guy's it's, head, really and you're just, he's like, where is the girl? Boom, and they're both just like, oh my god, I can't believe that yeah. happened. Um, uh, but yeah, but the, the like second ending of that movie is like him go, I like when he goes back on his narration, he goes, oh, wait a minute hold on, I was telling you something earlier and it totally doesn't make sense. Let me go back to it. Like, Oh, yeah. It's like, the, it's like the, my uncle telling a joke. The, yeah. Oh, I forgot to say the horse was blue. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the movie, it, I like the movie's ending because it's, you know, they're like, oh, Val Kilmer's, you know, they're like, oh, Perry lived. Oh, and look at all these other people show up. It's like <laughs> Abraham Lincoln shows yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, which is his second president joke between uh, this and the nice guys with Richard Nixon. Oh, yeah, that's here. right. Um, yeah, so. That's right. And Any kind of final thoughts on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang before we get to the nice guys? Uh, the only thing that I have is that there is a, because Lethal Weapon and Die Hard are so like Christmas cop movie mm-hmm. boat, there's a diehard reference in this that I think a lot of people don't recognize, which is that the beer that Harmony promotes is called Gennaro's. Beer, oh, which you're is, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. Where he's like the bear with the fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I prefer uh, I prefer Gennaro's, but what do I know? I bite the heads off fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like Holly Gennaro is, you know, uh, Holly McLean's maiden name. So. Mm. <clears throat> that's interesting yeah i that's that's a nice little tie and there is a christmas party they go to which yeah has so the movie a, does take place during christmas which, so ha, which has a great val kilmer joke where he's like oh they're a bunch of needy little whores aren't they and then he yeah. ducks the throw <laughs> like it's so well paced in time this like is obedient too yeah <laughs> uh yeah so from kiss kiss bang bang which Again, not a big commercial success, but I think has mm-hmm. found its audience. It it's a good example of why box office does not owe, does not mean your film's good or not. And like a lot yeah. of times, you know, classic movies, even de- like in the seventies, movies like Blazing Saddles, which everyone knows, was like a huge box office bomb. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't make any money, but then it just grew popular over time. And I feel like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is kind of slowly had that. Um, and then I feel the same with the nice guys, which came out uh, in 2016 and was kind of. I think it's one of these movies that took 
a guy like Ryan Gosling and then really let him amp up his comedy chops. And he yeah. is so goddamn funny in this movie. He's so, he's so I mean, funny. oh man, it's uh, now this is another movie much like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It pairs two guys who you wouldn't think to put together, Russell Crowe mm-hmm. and Ryan Gosling. And like they work so well together that this is a, uh, I think Russell Crowe said in an interview, I forget who he was. He was like Howard Stern or someone where he said there's two movies he wish he could make a sequel to that he's ever done, which is L.A. Confidential, a very good. Great. Uh, movie. Co- yeah. Good uh, cop noir movie. And then mm-hmm. The Nice Guys. So it kind of shows you how much they like because oh, yeah. a lot of actors don't come out and say, oh, yeah, I would like to do a sequel to a yeah. movie. Um, and the two of them together are so goddamn good. I mean, it is. <sighs> It, it, it really is, makes me mad that there's not a sequel right now. In a just world, we would have 40 of these movies. I like if I was president of Hollywood, I would just cut Shane Black a blank check to make like whatever nice guys movies he wanted whenever he wanted them. As long as Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe were still willing to make yes. it. Like, and, and I think was it you who tweeted you'd like to see them paired with Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. that would be. Now that would be, I'm like, that would be like a dream come true to be like those two detectives and they're trying to solve something with those two Yeah, and make, make Robert Downey the bad guy, like bring in all of Shane Black's like good, like all the goodness he has. But yeah, it, it, there should be like three nice guys movies already. Like that's how, how good these two are together. Yeah. I can't believe we never got a sequel to this movie. Like that, it, I, if I said Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was one of my favorite movies, this I like this even more. I love this movie so much. I, I've already watched it once this year, and I watched it again this morning, knowing I was coming on to talk about it. Like, yeah, me too. I it, well, and there was a a thing I saw, and I can't find it in the movie, but apparently, I don't know if it's the first time Ryan Gosling. So this movie takes place in the seventies, and Gosling's a private eye. He's working a case for an old lady whose niece has Mm -hmm. disappeared um and uh uh russell crowe is basically like a hired thug essentially i mean he you hire him and he beats someone up that you want to send a message to and they get mixed up together and uh apparently at one of the porn theaters because this movie is has a lot to do with the porn industry as well uh and apparently one of the pornos that one of the theaters are playing i guess i don't know if it was like a cut scene but I read that it was called Bang Bang Kiss Kiss, which is supposed to be uh, a little nod to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I looked That's for funny. it. And I'm like, I can't find it. So I'm like, I wonder if maybe it's there somewhere and they just yeah. don't ever focus on it. But I think that's funny because Kiss Kiss Bang Bang does sound like it could yeah, have been a, totally. a porno in the 70s. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ryan Gosling, I think like a scene for me that I love is someone who grew up a big Abbott and Costello fan is he does a Lou Costello bit when he i don't know if you know this so there's um this in the movie there's a scene where they find a dead uh porno director at a party Mm -hmm. and ryan gosling is lighting a cigarette and they use a bigger light to show that there's a dead body next to him now that's a bit from abbott and costello when they started doing their movies with like frankenstein and dracula Mm -hmm. and there's a bit where you know he'll light something and uh, Dracula uh, would be coming behind him and then he would stop and then come behind him. It was like, as soon as the light was on him, he'd stop and, yeah. or he, it would show something. And when he starts going, 
and he can't yeah. say the name. That's a straight up like Lou Costello impression he's oh, doing. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I did not someone, know that. As someone who's a, a huge nerdy fan of of, of those two, uh, in like the theater when I saw this movie, I was like, mm. holy shit, that's a Lou Costello bit. Well, and, and they, he does it so well. Yeah, well, and they kind of look like body type wise when you put them together, like Abbott and Costello. Costello, like, but like, opposite the dumb yeah. ones, the skinny one, yeah, and, and yeah. the fat one. Because Russell Crowe put on a lot of weight for this movie. Yeah, he did. And he said he goes, "I thought he should be bigger," and I'm like, "Hey, it works." Uh, yeah, no, they it never totally wanted, works. They don't make fun of his weight in the movie, but he definitely, no. when you see him, you're like, "Oh shit, he's back down a couple lbs." And yeah. But man, is he funny in it, though? He's so uh, funny in it. It's it's my favorite performance from both of those actors, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both so they're so fucking funny, and they their chemistry is like off the charts, man. Like, they just pop on screen as a duo so much. And you know, you were saying that for you, everyone you know has heard of this movie and they love this movie. I'm the opposite. Everyone I know has not heard of this movie, and then I get to show it to them, and I have a hundred percent success rate with it. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, which is rad because I love showing people movies that I know they're going to love, but it has become my default movie to show people like, oh shit, you haven't seen the nice guys. Like we're, we're watching the nice guys right now. And then I'll show it to them and they're like, wow, where has this movie been? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, and it's a shame because it's, it's funny, you know, so many people will, will bitch and complain um, about, oh, there's not enough original movies, but then this movie comes out in May and people didn't go and see it. And it's like, yeah. well, this is what Hollywood looks at, unfortunately, is they see it and yeah. go, oh, it didn't make a huge. Now, rated R movies are always harder to mm-hmm. make a lot of money at because you limit half your audience right away right. by making a rated R. And the subject matter of this dealing with with I mean, there's not like sex scenes or anything in it, but mm-hmm. there's boobs like, look, it's a rated R there. There's a dead porno actress at the very beginning of the movie, which right. is. A really crazy opening to this yeah. movie, uh, yeah. which uh, when her car goes through that dude's house, uh, which is uh, Ty S- uh, Simpkins, who is the kid in Iron Man 3 that Shane mm-hmm. Black directed and the kid in. It's funny. He went from like Jurassic World yes. to then that really small part in this. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's that's why when people complain about. I'm like, you just got to look for movies, but you got to go see them. If you yeah. if if you think something looks OK, but it's original, if you don't go see it, then they don't get made or they don't get pushed. Like, yeah, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang got buried by I mm-hmm. forget who distributed it, but they had no confidence in it, which is why they just didn't care. You know, whereas this yeah. movie, they gave it some, but like they didn't really it's give it a movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't give it they didn't give it the best chance because I think like a late May was maybe not the best time of year for it. But not for I a mean, movie like this, because especially no. these, especially in 2016, like you're at the height of MCU shit. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think cool. that was the year Batman vs. Superman came out was 2016 too. Yeah, but that was in March. That was in March. Yeah, yeah. But this movie felt like a fall movie, like maybe yeah. it would have done better in September or October. Well, when. similar. I mean, similar, but different type of movie that did come out in the fall knives out comes mm-hmm. out what a year later two years later something like that huge. uh yeah 20 yeah 2019 yeah and that movie was a huge juggernaut at the box office yeah, which i was I mean, not expecting for a rated r you know again comedy yeah. or, or well comedy crime movie you know i i thought it would do well but like it was a huge hit which was awesome yeah, made over 100 million dollars and yeah. like that movie's great but like mm-hmm. if you like knives out you will like the nice guy yeah this is way funnier i mean this is like a straight-up comedy with yeah with good action um 
you know, again, the the plot of like, you know, the Detroit manufacturers being mm-hmm. like this, like hidden. See, it, it, it ends where it feels like a sequel should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, God, that is so frustrating that there's not even been talks because everyone involved would love to do it. That's what sucks yeah. is it's like. Yeah. I've not yeah, heard those Shane guys. Black has an idea. Like yeah. I've seen him tweet about it that he just can't secure the financing for it because the movie made like no money, and it was just like, man, like that sucks because every like, I don't know a single person who doesn't like this movie that's seen it. Um, it's in regular rotation for me. I watch both this and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang like once a year. Um, it they're just so rewatchable. They're so quotable. Like the chemistry, the cast is great. The production design is great. Like. The plotting is really smart. It's just under two hours and feels in a good way, even longer. Like feels like you spend a lot of time with these people, even though it's only an hour and 55 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, and the third which, act is great. The, so the fi- good. That's where it gets the most physical. And mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's like, I can't die moment when he fall, when he saves his daughter, but falls off the, the, the roof of that party mm-hmm. and lands in the pool. And, uh, the other guy hits the, the you know, and, yeah, Keith David and, and dies. He's really good in it, too. I mean, a small yeah. part, but like he was a badass in that and believable, even at his yeah. age, where it was like, yeah, yeah you, could, you could see him still whooping someone's ass. Um, yeah. And uh, like when Ryan Gosling is just like, I can't die and like falling through stuff and like, man, yeah, yeah it hit. But it works. It feels like you're like, OK, his guy's just like that, you know. Um, but yeah, he he's really. uh he just really got to show off his comedic chops in this and go full on. Like it's still a great performance, but it's the funniest he's ever been. And it is, I think, yeah. like you said, I think it is his best and my favorite too so uh, performance decent. of his. I almost wonder if he doesn't end up in Barbie, if this movie doesn't exist. Like I, I kind of feel like Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach saw this and they were like, Oh my God, he would be a perfect cat. Like, because yeah. he's not really ever been allowed to be that funny even in comedy movies he's been in they're more like comedy dramas like mm-hmm. the only other somewhat light-hearted comedic film i can think of that i had seen him in is have you seen the movie lars and the real girl yes yeah and that's like an indie dark ish comedy too because of yeah. of the situation that's probably as goofy as he's ever been in a movie right he's do. great in that movie. he is great we're in good in that movie yeah. and i really like that movie a lot the premise i understand can be off-putting but the execution is actually really mm-hmm. like good and tender like um and like sweet natured weirdly um yeah but he's great that that was my favorite performance of his before nice guys and i was mm-hmm. like man he should be doing more shit like that and then he just didn't for a long time, right? He got cast as like the notebook guy or like, I guess, crazy, stupid love. Um, so that I think that's what helped him get into something like this, because he's yeah. funny in that movie. But he's also kind of the it, it's it, it showed off a little bit of his comedic chops mm-hmm. in that movie. But he's still kind of the but, sexy guy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's his thing is it? but and like he's funny about it. But like mm-hmm. this is more of where. He's an alcoholic. He's a loser. He he's a really shady, you know, uh, <laughs> private detective. Like yeah. when he's working on finding the missing woman's husband and sees his urn. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, what's your husband's name? And she's like, oh, David. And he's like, OK. And he sees it and he's just like, OK, I'll start on the case now. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's more of a grifter than he is. Yeah. Like an actual like P.I. Like he's just. Yeah. He's just doing what he can to like get money from people like 
the ethics of it be damned. Yeah. And like, it's cool to see him play against type like that. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like this dude's like a fucking weirdo in real life. Like, um in a good way like the type of dude that i would get along with but he's just like he's like cursed by having the body of an adonis because he's not really allowed to be this like weird neurotic dude that he's clearly so good at playing he he has a little bit of that neurosis in la la land like he's Mm -hmm. not like fully just like i'm hot and a musician like he's kind of arrogant in that movie he like he a lot of times feels like he knows what's best in that movie and like because when he goes and plays the pop music with John Legend, like he feels like that's beneath him. And, yeah. Like he's not like a very good year for him, by the way, yeah. 2016 between yeah. this movie and, and La La Land, like yeah. two great performances, two very different performances, but you're yeah. right. He, I feel like he feels more like a character actor trapped yeah. in a really handsome, sexy man's body. Like, look, I mean, <laughs> yeah. right. Like, I, I think though, if it was up to him, he'd like, he'd be like, I'd rather look, less attractive so i could play goofier shit and get to do it um yeah because i don't know if you've seen barbie yet but he's clearly having he's having the time of his life of them you you know it's so funny that movie with with the you know the not shocking people who have been like it's this movie hates guys i go but the best roles in barbie are all the kens get to do the most like yeah like margot robbie's fantastic in it but the best roles in that movie are all the different Kens. And then yeah. and the guys, cause they just get to play idiots and, but in yeah. a fun way. And it's like, yeah. you know, uh, his song, I'm just Ken is fantastic. Yeah. And like, he's, he's just, I think you're right. Having seen this, I wonder if that's why they thought of him, mm-hmm. uh, for that role. Cause like, you gotta be funny or that movie does not work at all. If no. the Ken is like, you know, like Mark Wahlberg trying to do it or someone where <laughs> yeah, you'd be yeah, like, yeah. where you'd be like, Oh, that's out of the box casting. Like Wahlberg works in Ted, but because he's playing a stoner type, you know, slacker, yeah. but like, he's still not the funniest guy. Like you need someone who could really commit to the absurdity of this movie mm-hmm. and make it believable. And I feel like that's how his character Holland March is in this movie where yeah. you really needed someone with great comedic timing, but he's also an ass. Like, yeah. Especially after after Russell Crowe breaks his arm, which is a great scene, so uh, and so and good. could have been worse for him because Russell Crowe forgot to bring his uh, brass knuckles, and I think I'd rather have someone break my arm than punch me in the face with brass knuckles. I imagine yeah. that breaking your cheekbone or jaw the way mm-hmm. from a knuckle would probably be worse. Yeah, but it is great when he fractures his arm and he's just like, "Okay, get ready." Oh Oh my god, it's so it's so. Where does that come from? Like, I was like, "How does he know he can do that?" Like, it is it is one of the most intense screams from anyone I've ever seen in a movie, (laughs) and yet it's hilarious too. Like, it is so funny. Uh, And when 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 they're at the bowling alley and he's (laughs) and the girls are all yelling, he goes, "Jesus Christ!" And the girl goes, "You tore the." took the Lord's name in vain. He goes, no, I didn't Janet. In fact, I found it very useful. And like, yeah, that's my favorite line in the movie is what he says that. Like, yeah. Just this stink he puts on the word Janet is yeah. so fucking <laughs> funny. Like, it makes me laugh every time. I think that's my most used quote from that movie is like, no, I didn't Janet. Janet, yeah. he That's great. And then when, uh, when they're in the bathroom and he's like, I got a um, license to carry, motherfucker. And then drops his cigarette. In his hand. <laughs> and it, like, there are so many good... There's lots of good back and forths in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and actually some good action scenes too. Like for a yeah. comedy, there are some very good fights in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the assault at, at uh, Holland March's house is really good mm-hmm. with Matt Bomber, and the I really like the climax of the movie when mm-hmm. like um, Jackson Healy, Russell Crowe is like fighting Matt Bomber's character on the roof, and then. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's like chasing the film canisters and rolling down the street. Like that, I, that works really, really well for me. I love the, like the contrast of like an on the ground versus like an in the air type thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it works really, really well. Yeah, that does. And then uh, his daughter, um, the actress mm. who played her is angry rice. Yeah. She is fantastic in this so movie. Good, like yeah. she's like the MVP of like, because She's in a lot of scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. but never because like kid actors and now she was a little bit old. She's probably like a teenager, but like those are tough putting yeah. kid actors in movies like this and making them not annoying uh, where she's the opposite. She's like the adult and mm-hmm. Colin March is definitely not. Um, but their dynamics great when she shows up at the party and he in her trunk and she's like, I know what you're going to say, dad, but I decided to come with and he just closes the trunk and he's like, <laughs> yeah. he goes toss the bellhop his keys. He's like, I can't take your car. There's a person yeah. in there. Like, yeah, um, dad, there are whores here and stuff. Yes. OK, so that's a good line that reminds me of the kiss, kiss, bang, bang one about mm-hmm. the who taught you grammar is the joke yeah. of every time. When she says and stuff and he goes, honey, don't say and stuff. Just say, dad, there are whores here. And then yeah. when the girl says it, uh, I do anal and stuff. And she's like, don't say and stuff. Just say, I like to do anal. Yeah. Well, and then later when she says uh, she's talking about what an asshole he is and she says, like, you drink and, you know, you take people's money and stuff. And he goes, you know, what did I tell you? Don't. And she says, I hate you. And he goes, that works. Like, yeah. You just like. <laughs> He's like, the, she's like, you're the world's worst detective. He's like the world's worst. The whole, like, <laughs> like he is, he's such a dick in this he's movie. Such, yeah. Like, but it, it works really well. Yeah. And uh, one of the best scenes is a physical gag is when they get off the elevator and they hear someone choking and they just like peek out to look and the yeah. dude's holding his throat covered in blood. And then the, they look at the other side and someone gets shot and they're just like, step back in close the the elevator and ryan gosling does like this eye twitch Mm -hmm. and because he's he's great because he's kind of a not a wimp but he is not meant to be like an action guy whereas like like you said like jackson healy's very comfortable in these situations and he is not um but again this is a harder move again much like kiss kiss bang bang it's hard to describe this movie without spoiling it Mm -hmm. or like i said it's the plot does not really matter. It does tie up at the end of like, here's the idea of what the plot is, but yeah. I don't give a crap about the plot at all. It is just about watching the two of them try to solve little parts and like his disdain for the guy Chet that he, that he meets. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love Chet has one of my favorite lines of the movie where they go to the burned out house and he's like, it looks bigger now. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, he lost his life and his life's work, you know, which just makes you think how crazy it is. And he's like, no, it's not Chet. It's not crazy. (laughs) Like, yeah, he has a great moment of physicality in that when they're at the burned out house and he just picks up this fake plant that survived and just looks at it and then sets it down. But the way he sets it down is so incredulous. Like, he's just Mm -hmm. so mad at this plant. Like, he's just pissed off that he's involved in this situation at all. And then when they meet the kid there and he's like, you want to see my dick? He's like, no, we don't want to see your dick, dude. Like, that's another good line yeah. um, of like, just 
he's he's got a lot of good back and forths um with with everyone in the movie basically but like Mm -hmm. his disdain for chet is so funny you know when they're looking for him later in the movie and it's like we gotta go find fucking chet like it's always just like he hates him for no reason to hate chet at all which is jack kilmer which is val kilmer's son what i didn't know yeah yeah that's something i when i was doing like uh because I was trying to find good Nick Flicks nuggets on this movie, and there's really not many, but that is one of them that uh, Chet is played by Val Kilmer's son. Doesn't look anything like him. No. But yeah, that's, and I guess him and I think the uh, Margaret, uh, is it Quali? Yeah, yeah, who plays Amelia. I think yeah. they were in another movie together. Okay, because she's uh, Andy McDowell's son, or daughter, right? Yes, yeah, and she's been in a a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, she's um, the one that's in Hollywood. I know that. Yes, with the with her dirty feet that yes. Tarantino yeah, yeah, yeah. lingers on. Oh, a good line though in that movie too is when she's she's just like, "I'll suck your dick," and, he, and Brad Pitt's just like, "How old are you?" Like, yeah. "No, nah, I'm not falling for that." Uh, yeah. That's another guy, Brad Brad Pitt and Ryan Gosling. I feel like are both two very great character actors mm-hmm. who happen to be trapped in hollywood handsome leading men yeah. bodies like uh-huh, because brad pitt's best performance is what's about time in hollywood yeah <laughs> as as I'm, so he's so and, good in that and i could see brad pitt doing a shane black movie like oh, type yeah. role like this and be mm-hmm. great and be great at it but but russell crowe is like the really out of the box casting choice because yeah. i would not have pegged him to be funny enough in a movie because he's kind of the straight man but he gets a lot of good jokes in the movie too mm-hmm. And he's the the good detective who's just too lazy to become a detective, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he, he's like he's been muscle his whole life, mm-hmm. right? And so he just like he just knows one way to handle situations. It's not that he's like that bad of an investigator, no, um, because he finds everyone he's hired to find, but he's not confident enough, and he's kind of like. It's kind of like, this is a weird comparison, I guess. It's kind of like Rocky where he's like, yeah, I've been told that I wasn't smart enough my whole life, so I decided to use my, my body. And yeah. that's kind of how Russell Crowe is in this movie is like, he gets information and he puts two and two together. And he actually but, cares. Like, yeah, he yeah, actually yeah. starts to care about this case. Whereas like, yeah. Gosling's the exact opposite. He's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll contact her in three days. We'll milk this for all we can. And he's yeah. just like, no, I was hired to do a job. I'm going to do the job. He's like, it's part of private eye where he's like, you got to translate fuck with to English. You know, yeah. like there's, there's some good, it is funny to watch their two perspectives of the same case. Also a great joke in the movie that is a callback later is when Holland March is passed out driving, but you don't know that at the time. And, uh, and Jack Healy shows him the, his pistol around his ankle. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you know, he's like, I'm, he's like, why don't you drive? I'm feeling tired. He goes dude, just let go. Cars drive themselves. And then the big bees back there. And then later in the movie, when, uh, uh tilly i think her or is no what is uh oh no tally sorry when she's when yeah when when she's holding them at gunpoint and turns around and he dives at his ankle and he's just like march what the fuck are you doing he goes you told me you had a a gun down there he goes when did i tell you that he's like oh was i dreaming he's like (laughs) oh my he's like yes like it's that's a good callback to that joke of him forgetting that he was dreaming when he told him that yeah uh there's a lot of good, phys- very physical comedy type movie. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I think definitely one where this is a really good recommendation movie if you've never seen it. Um, yeah. Super easy to recommend. Also, 
reunites uh, Kim Basinger and Russell Crowe from LA yes. Confidential. Which is funny. Again, his two favorite movies that he would like to do a sequel to yeah. both have Kim Basinger. And she's good in it. It's a smaller role for her. But I mean, mm-hmm. God, it's like the first semi-major movie she's been in. And Jesus, long a long time. Yeah. Uh, and she's good in it, though. And she's yeah. she's she's like the heel turn that mm-hmm. she's the one trying to get her daughter killed. All right. for, as she says, like Detroit. And Ryan Gosling constantly calling her Hitler. Like the little jokes about her in the movie yeah. are great. He's got, they give Gosling's character so many good, weird things to like reference and then yeah. to come back on. And when she's sitting next to them and he starts speaking in German and she's like, what is he saying? And Russell Crowe's like, I believe he's comparing you to Adolf Hitler. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like when they're, they're talking about the word eunuch and he goes, yeah, yeah. Munich is, uh, that mean when you don't have any, any genitals and he's like munich's a city in germany he's like eunuch is what you're thinking of he's like whatever yeah like there, there's well, like a- then he's talking to his daughter at one point and he's like asking her to go to a friend's house and he's or she's she's like whatever friend she's going to and he's like oh is that the one with the uh hitler stash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah oh man that's such a good i like i said i re i rewatched it uh like two days ago and then again this morning like just mm-hmm. a few scenes but this is one where, yeah, it, it's as rewatchable as any movie I've seen in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Um, th- this and probably Hell and High Water, which uh, are like Great two movie. of my, yeah, two of my favorite movies of the past decade yeah. where I could re I could rewatch them anytime. Uh, but yeah, this one, again, I think this is like Shane Black given a decent sized budget. Not that this movie was like a big budget, but like. I think that was the problem too, is like, God forbid you put any money in this movie. It's, and then, like you said, because it was, did not have a huge commercial success, mm-hmm. just haven't heard anything. I I'm hoping they get something with like one of these services, even if it's like an Amazon movie, like just mm-hmm. push this out somehow yep. and get like, let Shane black make the sequel. Yeah. Um, so any other kind of final thoughts, uh, on this movie, uh, before we kind of wrap it up? Uh, not necessarily on the movie, but more Ryan Gosling weirdness. Have you listened to his band? No, I didn't. No, I haven't. Okay. Have you heard of his band? No, I haven't. What's his He's in this band called Dead Man's Bones. They made exactly one album and it was inspired by the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Um, Okay. I've heard that. I did, but I didn't like remember that, but I I didn't know the name of his band, but that's interesting. Are they good? Because it sounds like they like I really like that one album. It's just yeah. a bunch of like, they, I think it's a, they said it's a concept record of a love story between a zombie and a werewolf or a ghost and a werewolf or something. Um, but they also like every song features the Silver Lake, um, which is a, a suburb of Los Angeles, the Silver Lake Children's Choir, which was founded by Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, cool. Um, All right. Yeah. And he plays like piano and guitar and sings most of the songs um but it's just another one of those like oh this guy's a this guy's a weirdo like (laughs) this guy's weird like let him be weird because it seems like he just wants to be weird (laughs) (laughs) well like you said and i mean he's easy and he's very to himself like his relationship Mm -hmm. with eva mendez they've been together a long time but they do not like it is not a we're gonna go flaunt our Mm -hmm. hollywood couple status like it is very i do not talk about her i don't talk about Mm -hmm. my daughters like mm-hmm. very rarely does he ever mention anything about his family. Like he is very yeah. private. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I'll have to check that out. I will. I mean, I I'll definitely download that album. I'd like to listen to it mm-hmm. um, and give it a shot. But yeah, he is like you said. I think he probably is a weird guy who would be cool to hang out with. Um, or maybe not. Who knows? I mean, I, he might be like, yeah. I don't, don't want to show off my weirdness to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. But thank you, man, for for coming on uh, yeah, for this. Sure. Like we talked about this way back when I first mm-hmm. even told you I was going to start a podcast. I, I remember telling you I like these movies. And you're like, oh, dude, I love these. Let's talk about Shane Black. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of you have the floor now to kind of uh, talk about anything you guys have coming up or anything you'd like to kind of promote right now. Yeah. Um, so I have the jaws podcast let's jaws for a minute which you have been on you're going to be on soon ish you're going to be on this season right yeah i'm going to be covering shark night with you guys okay which which i've seen which is why okay. I, uh, when sarah sent me what was left because that filled up quick a lot of movies yeah. that i was hoping for but that one i've seen and i'm like it's an it's an interesting one it, yeah. I, I i like it but it's definitely it is a b shark movie yeah. in a lot of parts um but yeah, I'll be on whenever you guys do. I'm sure it's a little bit down the road. But... I think it's like late October, early November, yeah. or something like that. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, so that's what we're doing right now. We're doing shark movies. So um, when is this coming out? So this will be coming out middle of September. So okay. I got an episode dropping in, right now. Today's the third. I got an episode dropping tomorrow. And then your yours will be like the 16th or 17th, whatever that Monday is. that week the 18th yeah 18th yeah Yeah, so that's when i'm going to be dropping this one okay so um yeah our episode our most current episode is the meg and the meg 2 with jack cooper who is a megalodon scientist which is uh super rad um mild spoilers he loves these movies well he loves the first one um (laughs) and it's just really cool to have like a a shark scientist who's like yeah these movies are dumb as shit but you know (laughs) <laughs> fun um it's a pretty cool job to have though yeah yeah i'm, like, I'm in inside cool. sales that's not exciting at all he studies the history of megalodons that's yeah, pretty cool yeah yeah we've interviewed him a couple times about like the um his research and stuff and mm-hmm. it's really interesting like i don't i i'm too dumb to re- reiterate <laughs> it here but you can you can find those episodes and uh yeah so that's happening and then the next episode we have is about Shark Tale, which is a film that Sarah decided we were doing. I was not consulted about this whatsoever. Uh, And I'm I'm going to get ahead of what everyone has said every time they bring up Shark Tale, which is the reason we're doing Shark Tale is because Martin Scorsese's in it. And second to Spielberg, he is Sarah and I's favorite director. So it was a way to sort of blend both those worlds together. I mean, him and De Niro share, Mm -hmm. I think, two movies that they've well, that they've appeared in together uh, was Taxi or Taxi Driver. Mm -hmm. Scorsese has a cameo in that. Obviously, he's directed De Niro a bunch of times, but it was that movie and Shark Tale. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he's only directed De Niro. And I think it's hilarious that one's a classic and the other is a classic, but not for good reasons. Um, Yeah. And it was yeah. one of those, like, let's just throw a huge all-star cast at a really weird movie that making some of the fishes look like you said, the De Niro with the uh, shark with the little uh, mole and God, uh, the, yeah, on yeah, the puffer fish. Oh, man, that yeah. is 
God, God, that is. I've wild not movie. seen that movie, by the way. So, you've, oh, you've never seen? Oh man, it is. I think I've only seen it maybe two or three times because after watching it the first time, you're just like, oh, oh, it's one of these type of animated movies. Yeah. And there's been a lot of good ones, even from like DreamWorks has had a lot of great ones, yeah. but yeah, How to Train the Dragon, yeah, uh, or the Shreks, yeah. you know. But this, not one of them, not yeah. not, a, not not one of them. <laughs> yeah uh, so i mean yeah we're doing that um that'll be out the same week so that friday so if okay. you're listening to this the week it comes out our next episode will be about shark tale with, nice uh, and as always i share them on my on my twitter pages mm-hmm. so uh always been a big fan and always appreciated you guys letting me on and your podcast oh, oh. kind of helped give gave me some confidence to start my own Hell yeah. So it's, I was going to uh, do a Jaws two minute by minute breakdown. But oh, yeah. Like, sure. No, thanks. That's two, Jaws two minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's Jaws two minutes, yeah. please. No, your guys' dedication on that was was fantastic. And it, it, it was such a niche thing. Yeah. But like you guys, it really took on because it just shows you the popularity of Jaws still almost 50 yeah, years man. later. So, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. So like last night I went to this concert that was this band doing uh, live scores for the silent German movies, uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Nosferatu. And I was sitting there and I was watching them. Like, I've seen those movies a couple times and I like both of those movies a lot. And I was like, man, these guys have to watch this movie every night and play the score. I was like, they really like these movies that much? Like, I can't imagine liking a movie that much. And then my brain kicked in and was like, hey, you dense fuck. Like, uh, <laughs> Do you understand how ironic it is for you to have that thought about someone else? And I was like, oh, now I do. (laughs) Like, I was sitting there like very sincerely like, wow, they made their whole like career this. And they were like, if you wouldn't around Jaws, if you could. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I broke it down one minute at a time, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Really quick, too, for everyone listening, a couple of Q recommendations, Uh, you know, kind of the theme of this episode has been Shane Black, obviously. So check out, you know, the Lethal Weapon movies, uh, The Last Boy Scout, you know, The Last Action Hero, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys. Just check out his different variety of films that he's done. Monster um, Squad. I'm yeah, Monster Squad. Squad. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot. Uh, definitely in the, in the uh, like, crime comedy genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And to kind of close this episode with a quote from Harry from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. uh, By now, you may wonder how I wound up here. Or maybe not. Maybe you wonder how Silly Putty picks shit up from a comic book. The point is, I don't see another goddamn narrator, so pipe down. This has been another edition of Nick Flicks Podcast. I would love to hear your feedback on the movies discussed in today's episode. Feel free to leave a comment on the official Nick Flicks Twitter page, which is at Nick Flicks Pod, or on Instagram at Nick Flicks Podcast. You could also give a follow and leave a review on either Apple or Spotify that will help me reach a bigger audience. Thank you all, and stay tuned next to see what's in the queue.